Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Imagine a Movie podcast. A podcast uh, where we watch a movie and then we talk about it. Uh, my name's David and there are no two more damaging words in the English language than good job. Fortunately, uh, my co-hosts don't hear that particularly often, so it's not really an issue here. <laughs> well, we've got a theme going on here. Prepare yourselves. My name's Sam, and much like J.K. Simmons' character in Whiplash, I throw things and stream obscenities at these two losers off camera to achieve the quality <laughs> podcast you're listening to right now. And I'm Ross. Div, were you rushing or were you dragging? <laughs> Do you know the fucking difference? I like how this, this movie week. has awakened. Hold on, Dave. This, this movie has awakened. I think the J.K. Simmons-like character in all of us, and we're just yes. we're just waiting to um, <laughs> both. We all went at each other there in a way that I think was uh, uncoordinated and quite telling. I have a whole thing on this. On so this week, um, we watched the 2014 movie Whiplash, um, <laughs> starring J.K. Simmons. And that guy, what was Reed Richards in that Fantastic Four movie? Um, what was his name, Sam? Didn't even uh, realize that. Words, uh, uh, Miles Teller, apparently. Miles Teller. Uh, you can forget that name because he really isn't in many movies. <laughs> it won't um, come up again. <laughs> probably he's, um, he's he's in uh, he's in yeah Fantastic Four, and he was in a TV show. I think that was quite, he was in Top Gun, wasn't he? He was in the new in, Top yes, Gun. Yes, he's in the new Top Gun. Yeah. So that probably uh, does elevate him to. Uh, you know, he's, he's fine. He's a fine, star. fine actor. He's kind of like, um, yeah. In a whole anyway, whole Whiplash. This movies. was this was Ross. This was your movie. Now, yeah, yeah. I do, I had absolutely yeah. no expectations going in. Yeah, and you're gonna. You know what gonna... my expectations were, Sam. Okay. It was like, oh, it's about drumming. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I believe, was like, leave some tested messages up. <sighs> <laughs> But but then <laughs> it was about but... drumming, <laughs> <laughs> and also in ways you uh, wouldn't expect would this be interesting. Is kind of, this is kind of a bottle movie, isn't it? Like it's a bottle movie. It's yeah. a bottle movie, not in the traditional way where, like you know, in the bottle episode on TV is where it all takes place in one place, and that's usually for budgetary reasons. Like, you know, it's the end of the season, you don't have the money. Uh, but this is a bottle movie in the way that, like, there's really only four cast members, really. Like, uh, you've got the main guy, Miles Teller, uh, yeah. Neiman, uh, you've got J.K. Simmons, you've got the dad, and you've got the girlfriend. And I don't even think we need to bother naming them because Paul Riser and really Melissa Benoit play um, Jim Neiman and Nicole. I, I think a bottle movie is sometimes I've called it like a universe movie where. You're just thrust into. <clears throat> That's a misleading title. <laughs> no, but I, the, the 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 concept being like it's a movie where you just you're shown a you're shown a world you're shown a universe and that the the entire movie is encapsulated. You don't need to know Accepted. anything else yeah. that's going on. And also, you wouldn't. I don't know anything about like the high stakes world of competitive music. You still don't <laughs> symphony orchestra. And I'm not going to learn. So this is like, I would never know this. This is a snapshot of a world chat, a snapshot of universe that we get to explore and fucking great. Like this was mm. really, really engaging uh, in a way that I just was not expecting. Ross, why did you pick this? Tell us no fucking. All right, move on. I've got criticism too. 
Um, why did I pick this? Well, th- th- I'll, t- I'll tell you why. It's and you're not going to like it. It's because um, <laughs> I saw. Excuse me. <coughs> there was a TikTok trend going about, and it's basically they placed the J.K. Simmons character in like you place him in a random, um, <coughs> excuse me, world. And in, in, you know, in, in one case it would be like it was. In this case, it was in the Batman Arkham Asylum world, and it's basically J.K. Simmons. And it's that point, you know, where it's that scene where he, the guy loses the folder and he goes, "And I swear to God, one, one more time." And he's like, "Takes the folder, give me that." And then basically, someone superimposes like the Riddler trophy, like in front of. <laughs> if I find any of these lying around, I will fucking destroy you. And then like, it just has the Riddler like pop on the screen and jk simmons goes get out or i will fucking end you <laughs> and just i was like oh that was a good movie we should watch that again yeah it's i just... thought it might have something to do with your jk simmons fandom uh which i'm not attacking in any in any way shape or form um, like a little bit no it just feels like for me obviously i've always loved jk simmons in in spider-man but i no, don't think i've really ever this is like the biggest jk simmons movie i've seen i mean i'm trying to mm. Haven't obviously done any research because we aren't professionals by any stretch, but like I'm sure Sam looks like he's got a J.K. Simmons movie. I should know. I'm gonna no, I don't really. No. <laughs> no, uh, he was he was in um fucking Tomorrow World, you know, with uh, yeah, he's in Chris Tomorrowland. Brown. What I'm saying is that like this this is much more of a J.K. Simmons vehicle than I think he, anything. Yes, I've seen. He, yeah, yes, he's yes. not a he's, he's not a the, he is not the a second star. lead of this movie. Is he like he can probably get away with walking? You know, if he grow, grows a beard and wears a hat, you can probably walk down most streets in the world and mm. it'll be fine it's like and that's okay but i think it's the reason oh my god it's jk simmons the, the, re- <laughs> the reason though the reason that i think we that we love him is because he's a great character actor who 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 just he's in a he whatever role he, he's in he really really just just brings a lot he brings a lot to the to the performance and that probably yeah. is in, um encapsulated by jj j jonah jameson in yeah Despite he chooses the scenery. Where... He chooses the scenery, doesn't he? Yeah. I think that's one of the. I think that's the best superhero character, uh, superhero character in any fucking superhero movie we've ever seen. <laughs> like fuck you, Marvel cinematic bullshit. Like he is absolutely amazing. Spider-Man is a menace. He's amazing, absolutely. and it's because I think he's just got this ability now. Transfer, you know, to, to fast forward to now where he is able to kind of carry these smaller indie movies. Um I think I'm 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 kind of like less impressed by JK Simmons in this film, oddly. I think he's fine. Like wow. I think he's important part of the movie, obviously. I, I'm I'm more impressed by Miles Teller and I'm more impressed by just the fucking the whole movie, the editing and the way that like it's constructed. I think JK Simmons is great, but I also think we could have any you know, like shouty white man would be I'm, fine. I'm Bob so Odenkirk. Sure I I Let's get him I mean, along. Like, Bob Odenkirk wasn't a shouty white man, but J.K. Simmons brings like I'm. I'm gonna gush over him, but he brings that energy. Sam, you said he like you know he embodies character. He demands your attention. You know, at at a normal pace, and when he dials us up to fucking eleven, and I think for this character who's like music teacher who is you know for all intents and purposes an abuser. And it it brings that because before he has his first outbreak, he pulls you know the you know the main character aside, you know, getting to know him a little bit. And like the first time I watched this movie, I was like, God, what is this gonna be? And then like you know he he finds out that his mother 
know, left when he was born. His dad was like a writer, blah, blah, blah. And then within the first 10 minutes of his outburst, he turns that on him. And he uses that to break this guy down. He managed to have a student to get a fucking breakdown, like in tears, with within in class one in the first like fifteen minutes. And the way he does that, and it's and it's showing, like you know, it's that sort of power and dominance sort of thing. And it, it just like I'm not in favour of, but just the portrayal of that and the ability to, to yeah. hone in on that was incredible. It's phenomenal. Um, I've got a whole thing on like what that sort of. Because it's related to other other sort of like um, like you said, Ross, like spaces where you you are the abuser um, <laughs> in that situation. Uh, have we had a plot summary that I missed somehow? No, we haven't. But could I just have one one slight retort on yeah. that? Because I I, do, I I think you I know I think it's I'm not saying J.K. Simmons is bad in any way whatsoever. I think he's fine. But and and the the two names that come to mind happen to be in prominent superhero movies, and I really fucking hate myself for just being like. Oh, all cultures, superhero films. But Alfred Molina, I think, would be fucking amazing in this role. Like, that mm, presence, yeah. that shouty... Yeah. Ag- also, Jeff Bridges, I think, would be... I'm just thinking I'm thinking oh, of that scene... In I'm Iron thinking Man. of that scene in Iron Tony Man. Stark built this you know, with a bunch yeah. of scraps. Exactly. And so, what I'm, and so what I'm saying is, though, is that I think, yes... Um, J.K. Simmons is is good and important, and this is he's part of the of the, uh, the the texture of the film. But actually, I think I'm complimenting the film more by saying he's not the most important bit. the The entire fucking thing mm. is brought together so tightly, so well that I think he's a piece in this wonderful tapestry of a movie. And that's what yeah. I just I love. I love to be able to enjoy a film like that. A plot summary. From the question. <laughs> plot summary. No, go on. Go on. Sorry, Ross. Go on. I was, I was, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. This, this stemmed from the question of like, why was this picked? And it was from, like I said, that TikTok trend with J.K. Simmons. Well, you're, you're right. It's a whole fucking tapestry or whatever you the fuck you want to call it of a fantastic movie. But he is very much a big part of that. Yeah. Um, Ross, just a sidebar before we do the uh, breaking the fourth wall a bit. Is there any way you could turn off your background background blurring? <laughs> It's driving me mad because it's not working properly. Why? What's what's up? You see the little hole in your microphone stand. <laughs> the hole like, in the microphone. That's amazing. Like why it's just not working? Well, well <laughs> <laughs> it's not a major thing. I hate to do the podcast. I, I think I it might be because of his um. Not unlike you, Dave, the the mountain of crap that you both have behind you. Uh, yeah, but, I didn't. I didn't want to show it. Yeah, so, I own my crap. I I'm not ashamed of my. Crap. Well, well, you well you, you should be. Well, you figure that out, Ross. Poor Dave has an aneurysm. A promising young drummer enrolls at a cutthroat music conservatory where his dreams of greatness are mentored by an instructor who will stop at nothing to realise a student's potential. Um, <laughs> Just like Ross, who's changed his background to bricks for the audio bricks. listeners. We can barely see his T-shirt's the wrong colour, <laughs> so it, it, it counts the T-shirt as bricks, He's but wearing... not his face or his arms. Amazing! This is great audio content, by the way. This is this is the this is the quality that that. Uh, oh, there we go. He's in the lounge stop. now. There, there we go. go. <laughs> well, um, this this is how we get people to you know watch live yeah. on fa- on Facebook on, on YouTube. On you- Clearly, I'm not shouting at you guys enough or throwing any symbols. I think we need to throw more yeah. symbols. So, so let's talk about maybe like 
the whole idea of this this music um music school basically uh, this harry potter but it's music um like the movie just kind of announces that in a way that i quite like you don't get like a you don't get him as a child drumming and you don't get any of that i like how they've got the confidence to just sort of jump in and and he's a drummer at a drumming school and we're mm-hmm. going and that's mm-hmm. it doesn't stop to explain to you what studio band is it doesn't stop to to explain like about you know because we talk about this like you, you said something about a universe movie this being like a it's um like classical music universe or jazz or but like live jazz, yeah. orchestral music um and that's the universe that's its own little like uh, thing that you only really know about if you're really into it really um otherwise yeah. you're like it's like a fishing movie or you know a, a rallying movie or like an f1 movie like a lot of the time the general public won't really know the details so it's kind of nice how you just jump in and and it trusts you to understand what's happening yeah. you know and and this is this is where i think the competence of this movie really shines is that like number one there's all these you know it's music and you kind of have to like understand you 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 don't have to understand but the film is helping you understand what's happening with music but also there's lots of jargon and the film is just throwing it out there and but you don't need to know anything about it because mm. it's not like having to we don't get any margot robbie, robbie in the bath scenes to say <laughs> and now musical notation lesson this is a double cleft blah 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 blah, blah. this is like, how you read music yeah it's not and i was worried i was worried when we started watching this because i am like no i nothing i think you you've played oh, the guitar idiot, yeah. in the past, Sam. like i don't think you have any musical talent to speak of ross so i think you can su- I sit can the fuck the, down i can play the triangle i can play the spoons <laughs> Right, that's your typical. I actually, Ross, I challenge you to watch a YouTube video of someone playing the spoons and then tell me you can play the spoons. Um, but like, I, I not only don't know much about, can't play any instruments, but like, I don't really understand sheet music. And so, a lot of that in another movie would be a bit like, oh, I'm gonna have to sit and be told about how music works. And the movie doesn't do that, it's kind of like, this is the music, and that's how it is. And it's like, great, Mm. fantastic, I can just enjoy the plot of this incredibly abusive relationship. It's not, it's not critical it to be able to read music or understand like the, the connotations because you can no. you understand what's going on via context. It could be a physics lab. It could be a dance yep. studio. Yep. It could be anything. Like and that's that's where I think the um the beauty of this is that it's about the relationships, isn't it? And it's about like the abuse. It's well, about it the is. fun But the fact it's about music also I think is like a it doesn't matter. You are right, Sam, this could be like anything. This could be a football team. And he wants to be the best quarterback he can possibly be, and it yeah, literally be yeah. the same film, except the fact that it's about drumming and like percussion being that like rhythmic percussive beat that runs throughout this movie. And like um, we talk quite a lot about scores and how they're kind of like certain big scores that you know and <laughs> certain things. I'm, I'm sure Sam's got something on classical music, which I'm, I can't remember the name of in a minute. But like it's so important because that they use that to like make you feel things in a way that I think if you stripped the music out of this movie and watched it, it'd probably be quite boring. Mm. Um, But like, you know, when JK Simmons is screaming at him in the, in the practice room, like you've got that, 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 that beats the beats happening. And when he's playing and he looks like he's about to pass out because it's 2am and they're playing, they're playing for 16 hours or whatever. Like the fact that you've got those like increasingly fast, increasingly fast percussive beats, I think, stresses you out like as a viewer but in a good way <laughs> it puts you on on edge it's clever like I, that, said, yeah. like I said when i was watching this like this movie in parts is more intense than like 
Saving Private Ryan or any fucking war movie you could possibly name. Like it really does, and that's be that is because of the music in it. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point because the drumming is it is it is inconsequential in a lot of ways because it's about this you know the, the the dynamic of these characters, but also yeah, it's central. I, I think it's also it because because you don't know because you don't know really what's going on. You know when he's he's sitting there in in the, the and he's got three of them. He's got three the three drummers and he's and he's basically. He's telling one by one they have to do uh, cycle you know, through them. Yeah, to get the, the to maintain the, the beat. Yeah, and as you said, I, I don't. I'm not a musician. It all sounds the same to me. <laughs> well, exactly. But I, I'm not. Yeah. But you know, there's certain bit. There, there, there were there were a couple of scenes in that example where one of them was doing it wrong and the other one was doing it right. And I thought mm, that sounds better. But it wasn't like it wasn't like you had to understand that because really. This guy is demanding, you know, saying you're either you're dragging or you're rushing. But fucking, is that actually happening, or is this part of his game? Like, it doesn't matter. Yes. Well, yeah. you have the yeah. Elmer Fudd thing, don't you? When in, like, which yeah. to me struck me as like a, it's like a first day of prison thing. Like, he gets Neiman in to be the drummer, um, and he's like, right, so I've got to fucking like just assassinate one of these kids in front of him, so he knows how it is in here. Yeah. And he has the thing where he's screaming at them and he says, what about you, Elmer Fudd, you fat fuck? I'm going to be some pits learning on this example because it's the only one that's not homophobic oh, of all of his tirades in the movie. Uh, that's, um, that's the one thing I thought, oh, here, this is going to be... No, no, but like, that kind of plays into like... <laughs> we'll come back, we'll come back. We'll, we'll, come back. we'll circle back. But he's like screaming at this kid and like, what, are you too busy thinking of cheeseburgers to know whether you've kept the beat? And yeah. then it turns out, the reveal is he turns around and quite calmly tells one of the other kids, like, oh no, it was you who was out of tune, but he didn't know it. And that was worse. And it's like, you are a fucking megalomaniac. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. But that is that is the um <clears throat> that's the starting point. And and what I think is super interesting is how this film mirrors abusive behavior. It 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 almost you almost feel in the same position of like mm. uneasiness because he's saying to Neiman, you know, when he first comes in and says, you're a little bit off. It's okay. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. Just you're a little bit off. Not quite my tempo. Yeah. And it goes on and on and on. And just, I'm just, sitting just, there. Not, just not, not quite my tempo even. I'm, you know, I'm just, sitting just there. Not quite there. Oh, wait, I'm wait, wait for my count. Yeah. I'm squeezing the fucking cushions on the couch. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How, I am like, because... This because, is what I'm because saying. How I'm, did you, J.K. Simmons not win an Academy Award for this performance? He did. Because he I won think, Best like, obviously, Did he? Good. He won Best Because... This this performance, and obviously, like you said, um, the other guys in Teller's important as well. But like this performance is just but, terrifying. But but it, but it's that build, it's that building of tension because you know because you've seen you've seen a little bit of this and you you're starting to understand this character because you've that opening thing where he's you know he eviscerates this this guy for no reason, mm. and then the language all all through of you know abuse and homophobia and all this stuff. It's like. You know what's going to happen. You know he's going to turn, and he throws a fucking chair at him, and it's like, and so all throughout the rest of the film, and even right towards the end when he was having a drink with him, I was like, he is fucking with you. I don't know how Mm. it surprised me what 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 he did, but you can never quite trust him, and I think that that mirrors abusive behavior, doesn't it? Because people just snap and they're fine, and then boom. And you're like, well, what the yeah. fuck was that about? Mm-hmm. And so you never, you never get to relax. Your anxiety is is heightened. You're, you know, and all of the other horrible stuff. And I think the fact that the the, the movie makes the audience feel 
what the character's feeling. Like, that's fucking complicated. That's hard that's to skill. do. Yeah. That's hard to sequence and to build up and to make it not too uncomfortable. It's a still... testament to the direction, though, isn't it? Where And obviously the editing as well. Because um, I was reading up on the production of this movie a little bit because uh, this was really a movie no one no one believed in. Uh, so... Mm. They they thought they had to like find the money to to make it, and everyone was like a movie about drumming in a conservatory. Nobody's want to go go and want to see that. <laughs> um, so the initial the direct the director whose name someone could dig up for me uh, initially made like a twenty minute like short film, yeah. starring J.K. Simmons and somebody else, uh, basically doing some of these scenes. And Damien Chazelle, yeah, um, and he used that to like sell the movie to investors and, and get the money to make it. But then when it released, it only released to like seven or eight cinemas or something mm. like that and wow. that, that was their like dipping their toe in the water of like we could still just bail and not invest any more money in this yeah and then it, it did end up making a bit of money because well, it then got like a wide release but well it's, well, it's, it's kind of see why because on paper like we read the plot summary you can kind of see why no one really believed that this could be good so it's yeah. a real testament to the direction and to the editing that like well it's a classic indie movie it's a classic indie movie of an interesting concept, you know, taken further. I think this, the, the, the full film, only cost $3 million to make, and it, they shot it in 20 days. So it's not, you know, we're talking wow. we're talking really, really lightweight. As you said, there's not many characters. There's not many uh, locations. So it's it's well contained. But what it, what it, in that kind of classic sense is that somebody saw um, Chazelle's talent, or however you want to describe it, and this is a classic. Give this guy a little bit of support, and then he goes on and makes fucking La La Land, like which, <laughs> which, which, which talk about the 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 you know the Academy Award, uh, uh, just uh, uh, um, we, we won Best Director, I think. I think for, for for that and nominated for La fourteen La La Academy Awards, swept a lot of the Oscars. That year. I've not actually so, seen it. So, so we should watch it. I would like to watch it. So that's that's where we're like. That's where I think these indie movies act as like a test bed for these creative directors. And so when you see, and he also did First Man as well, which is a Neil Armstrong movie, which was as I played, <coughs> mine. But you 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 see it, and you see like the potential of of these writer directors. And I think this is like a great because it is a concept within itself and because you can just go in and enjoy it and you've got, you know, JK Simmons, but also other talented actors, you end up, you end up with just such a, such a sense of, of like, of this person's style, you know, like it, it just drips, it drips with intentionality and they know mm. what they're doing. And I think we've mentioned the editing, the editing is key to this because it snaps around all the time. I just think like this is what indie movies should be like. This is what all indie movies should be like. We should get more like this. We should watch more films like this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not just fucking Marvel movies for Christ's sake. You know, being oh, self-critical. Oh. Yeah, I think you're a bit mean. Yeah. We don't watch that many Marvel movies yet. Stay yet. tuned for podcast 2023. <laughs> Sam certainly doesn't watch many. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned the editing, Sam. I think that's one of the key strengths of this. Like, it snaps around. It, it's incredibly well put together. So much so that I remember, like, at the end of the movie, like, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, we're done? Because it, it, it feels like you're halfway through. 
and you could you could take that as negative but i just took it as like it take you on this such incredible journey and you're waiting for the lull you know what i mean they're like oh the slow point for it to build back up again and you never have that you're always like oh what's what's happening now what's well, going on with this dude's life now and just the then, and, and it's such a, sorry the low point no 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 not not the like, low point the lull is what i'm saying like uh, the lull what, in a mo- in the movie itself you know where it just yeah, yeah. it's a standstill you know due to poor what i'm saying is that like that. that lull ross is like that but it happens really late it's before that final act it's after his car crash when he's having when he basically gets jk simmons fired that's like the mm. <sighs> all the air is let out of the movie which obviously is just to blindside you with like the absolutely best villain turn ever in a movie that we get at the end where he hasn't I think J.K. Simmons like this character is just such a well written and understandable villain like everyone's Mm. met people like this like fucking total like armchair Hitlers who just have (laughs) their own little corner of the world everything exists for their edification Um, and then Teller takes something away from him he takes this away from him and he's like have the genial drink with him and you're like you said Sam you're like this doesn't seem right. This all the things that we know about this guy. This seems that like... guy's gonna betray you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I didn't really see it coming. I thought it. I thought the end was gonna be a really nice like they part ways on the street sort of thing, as equals. You know, like a you yeah. know, like a he comes, he plays really well in the thing, and the guy's like, "I was right about you. You could do it." The you're whole all time. right, kid. And jump in the air, yeah. and we free frame. And, <laughs> and that really gets to the point of like this movie and i love movies where we can talk about thematics i love it so rare <laughs> the theme the, the theme of the, the, the i think what's the theme of this movie i think it's about i think this the, the theme of this movie is power it's it's about who has the power in in a relationship and obviously that's all about you know abuse abusive relationships are all about that as well it's not about the the it's about being able to control someone that's what these these people uh, are doing it for that's what they're getting off on is having the control over someone's life. And because of their career, because of their desire to become musicians, because of the romantic side of it, which is why if it was about physics, it would be less interesting. Yeah, but you can see it being about basketball. Someone's got the drive, you know, like, and and, 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 and employers, they take advantage of that because they know these people work for less because they want to do it for the love of the game or whatever it is, you know, like, so there's all of this stuff that's tied up in it, but really it's about power. And that scene at the end, um, spoilers for this movie, is... Stop saying spoilers. On, on, weird. On, yeah, it's weird that yeah. you did that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying if you've listened to this and you actually haven't seen it, you want to have... I wonder what's going to happen at the end of this movie that we watched. We have an audience. Out in 2017. 2014. The, Fuck. But, but the, 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 the bit at the end is, 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 a, is about... The demonstration of power on stage in front of an audience, and it's almost it's almost like mm-hmm. the bit where he 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 so he gets tricked into not knowing what the first song is, which is a great fucking turn, as you say, Dave. But then he he walks off, he gives his dad a hug, and he comes back, and he basically takes control. He is he has the power in that moment because he knows that the the if Jake he leaves it now, there's no coming back. Well, he knows that he can't react. He can't react yeah. on stage because he's got an audience. Because actually, he does care about what people think of him, and he wants to have mm. have this reputation. And well, so he says, "It's because J.K. Simmons has set up the stakes of this going in. In that, yes. all of the people who matter in this circle are here watching. If you're good, they'll remember. If you're bad, 
they'll also fucking remember. Yeah, so yeah. He knows that this is going to be the first song. He knows that Teller's not going to know the, which is confusing actually, because isn't like the other kid called Teller. Uh, <laughs> and that's the actor's name. Miles Teller. Neiman is the... Yeah, no, no, no. no but the, well, the other drummer in the band, I think, is also called Teller. Uh, anyway, poss- it doesn't matter. Possibly. It doesn't matter. Tanner. Tanner. Um, that's, it's Tanner. Called, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, but he goes out on stage and it, the first song he knows... He's just going to look like a rank amateur. And so it's not just J.K. Simmons wanting to embarrass this guy in front of thousands of people, which he's doing, and like tear him down. And really, probably in the back of his mind, thinking, maybe this one will kill himself too. That'll really vindicate me. Um, but like, also, he knows that this is going to yeah. kill this kid's future. Like, this yeah. is going to mm. like destroy his future. So it's such a, and the little shit eating grin. And the, the fact that he, and this is just where know. the movie is just, oh. He comes yeah. past and goes, you think I didn't know it was you, you little shit? And then he, with enough time for him to real, for Neiman to realise that he doesn't have the music What's before it starts to, to announce and for it to unfold. And we, the audience, get to experience that. And it's like, oh my God, what's he done? Cats it's of just, Yeah, It's fantastic. It's such, that's, um, that's, and, and like it's it's probably like incredibly obvious, but that harkens back as well, like to like the scene in the bar you had before that, where he's telling even about the story about like how Miles Davis, how like his mentor, like you know, he, he went up and played and he played incredibly poorly. And his mentor like threw a symbol at his head. And then, you know, and he's like, But if he didn't throw that symbol, you know, what I mean, no one would have heard of Miles. If everyone had said, Yeah, good job, kid. Yeah. It was Charlie really Parker. Yeah. Charlie, yeah. sorry, thank you. Um and you can tell like like it might have been like overtly obvious to you guys, but like I was like, Oh, he he thinks He's doing this one. Number one, he he wants the, the revenge, like you said, like you were just pointing out, Dave. But he also has that way of sort of recusing himself because he's like, well, I'm actually doing this guy a favor because if I tell him he's doing a good job, it's no good. So I need to yeah. absolutely ridicule him in front of his peers, and he'll thank me for it. But he's also well, talking about himself, isn't, isn't it? About about you know, the speech in the bar where he says the two most damaging words in the English language are good, good job. job. This, is, this yeah. whole thing. And this is like, a, it really seems like a prison army sort of thing. Anything where you're like stuck with a group of people and there has to be a pecking order. This guy's obviously in charge and he's, but he's got this whole like uh, worldview where he's like the best way to get a good, you know, to make people better is to basically like, like haze them in the army or fucking like beat the shit out of them in prison or, you know, all these things. Um, and it's to like, you know, absolutely just tear people down and force them and force them and force them mm. to be better. And it's like, you can see that he believes it while at the same time, it's. I think that's the one messy thing about the movie, actually, at the very end, where you have him coming in being like, oh my God, this is the best drumming I've ever heard. And I was like, well, it sounds like you're drumming familiar, but um, where he's like, where J- you see J.K. Simmons be like, right, now I'm invested, I'm involved. And oh, I'm like, yeah. Can we, I, would you forgive him and come around that quickly? No. That's the one misstep, but no, I don't want to sort of... Hold, again, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, again. hold on. Let's, let's, let's save in a discussion to the end, because I think there's so much to wrap up. We've got to get there first, because you're talking about, Dave... Um, like his attitude and the way that that his his th- this guy's worldview basically influences how everyone else is involved. When, when they walk when they walk in at the start and they're all just sitting there silent, looking ahead, absolutely motionless because they're terrified. And then when someone makes a mistake, they start having a go at each other. And they're you know the, the other drummer is 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 a complete cunt to fucking mm, to, don't touch to my drums. All of this and. I love how the film, I love how the film like 
it it shows the poison that this guy leaves in yeah um, yeah in 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 Neiman because when he goes back to the family dinner yeah oh, glad you brought this up. I was going to mention this yeah but he he basically he basically says like what well, you're a you're a bunch of fucking losers I'm going to be a great and he says this to the girlfriend I'm going to be a great and I don't have time for you I don't have time for you and he and he, he 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 goes from being this like nervous awkward kid Affable sort of guy yeah asking this girl out and all this like he, and he's turning into J.K. Simmons' character. He's being poisoned by this corrupted, abuse. corrupted. And so, yeah. before that, that's why I don't want to talk the end just yet because I think we've got to get through all this stuff. Mm. Because with if you don't have that journey of him becoming um, part of him becoming corrupted, him becoming part of the problem, and if he was successful, he would go on and teach his students like that. Continue the teach, cycle. Yeah, I. That's crazy. The, the film manages the film manages to capture that in a way that's so um, concise. I think mm. I didn't really get take that from that. Um, I don't. Oh, I do this all the time. I don't mean to don't, like don't forget if, you. Don't forget it because you have that scene as well. Like you know, like Sam mentioned the girl, but you have that thing there where he goes home. Like he, it, it's at a point where he's really like frustrated about the band, and he goes home and he has dinner with his dad and his cousins and stuff, and basically like. You know, there was this scene when, where like his aunt goes, "Oh, what's going on with you?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm actually first chair now." And then his cousins come in and they're all like varsity football jocks, or whatever. Like, "Oh, I made the team," and they're like, "Oh, that's wonderful." And they just like overlook him, and he just fucking has enough, and he's basically like, "Oh, and, and what? What are you going to do in five years? No one's going to remember you. I'm going to be like, I will be the number one drummer." And it's and like the arrogance that washed over, and you can see, and, that, and Sam, you mentioned this last night, and like, I can't believe like I didn't notice it before, but like. The, this the the effect it has as well on the relationship between Neiman and his dad, and like you can see as well, like the dad is so like <laughs> I want to take that out for a beer. in there and stand up for his son. Number one, like he's but, a pretty no. good dad as movie dads go, but he, he's it, getting in there and telling he's his an exceptional dad. I think yeah. he's I not think... in that moment, not in that moment because he doesn't jump in to defend his kid when they're basically saying you're a fucking loser because you play the drums. I'm a quarterback, and his dad doesn't say hey. You know what he's doing has value. He doesn't. That I, I'd say the rest of the movie. Mm, yes, but in okay. that moment, he doesn't. He does not jump in to defend Neiman against like the basically I think it's, these I, guys saying, "Oh well, it's not football, though, is it?" Yeah, you know. I think it's. I think it's. I think probably it's a slight misstep in the film. I think you're right, but in my head, I was like, I think it's because it's the first time he's been exposed to like the dickhead version of his son, yeah. the, the son yeah. who's been corrupted by. J.K. Simmons' characters that 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 to me was like he's a bit like yeah fuck I mean be nice to people what yeah. is this you, yeah. you can be a good drummer and you. not be a dick yeah. because all throughout the rest of the film they're going to the cinema together they've got a really nice relationship I don't know if it is dad cast time but like <laughs> and, and this <laughs> this comes to, this comes to the end say of the, the line well. Sam say the line but it, I I just thought this I thought this there was such a positive representation of a dad. In 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 a wash Single of Hollywood, yeah. in a wash of Hollywood, where we don't get very much of that because he is he is supportive and he's there and they're hanging out together. It's nice, but also the point where he says, you know, once they realise and whoever the investigator is, I never really if that's the police or if that's the university, I was never quite sure. But he's like, don't you think that I won't protect you? That I do you think that I'm just going to let this happen mm. to you? And he stay and he 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 puts his foot down and says. 
you are a child. You are my child. And I'm going to take response. I'm going to take control of this situation. I, in a way that because he has lost all the power, he almost like says, okay, I'm taking this. And Take I thought that was, I was like, yes, that's exactly that's what you do. Up until that point, he doesn't understand, like us, he doesn't understand the world of professional positioning. <laughs> uh, like, so Astrophysics, in that scene, in that scene Sam, yeah. what's happening is the, so JK, this is where I sort of like push back a little on your like him becoming JK Simmons. I think he's definitely like falling under JK Simmons like thrall and he's certainly like buying into the like being a psychotic, obsessive, like perfectionist thing. But I don't think the end end game of that is becoming J.K. Simmons. I think it's more likely that it's the other Wonder King that uh, J.K. Simmons had, who is this um, sax player who kills himself. And J.K. Simmons mm. tells the whole band that he died in a car crash. We later found out that he hung himself in his apartment, basically because... And so the woman who's talking to uh, Neiman ne- mm-hmm. and his dad... She's a lawyer who's been hired by the family. They can't afford to sue the school, but they've hired this lawyer to basically dig up somebody else who will testify and say oh. J.K. Simmons is an abusive piece of shit. So Thank they hear you for about watching the movie for us, Dave. His Appreciate car it. crash, and they say basically like, "Listen, I think we can take this guy down because that's all the family wants is basically for this guy to no longer be on this faculty." Yeah. Um, so, I, but I think that the way Neiman's going is like. I don't think he's going to end up abusing people in the way that J.K. Simmons is. I think he's going to end mm. up... Just hit, hear me out here. I'm I think it's more likely that he's going to like graduate as a really good drummer, get a job, but then like just crack with the pressure of it all because of like the only way he's learned how to be a better drummer is this incredibly like nasty and abusive like situation and the bleeding hands and the blood flying bleeding everywhere. Hands. Like you got a bit where JK Simmons says, clean that fucking blood off my drums, you know, like later on in the movie. Um, and I think that, that more likely is that he is setting the first feet on the path where in three or four years, it all gets too much. And he hangs himself in an apartment mm. like that for me feels like more because this guy is the victim. And I don't also think valid. that also I don't valid. think that like necessarily that, people who are victims of abuse which is what this kid is in this movie i don't think it's necessarily a one-to-one that an abused person becomes an abuser i think quite often no, abused no it's not it's not just it's, remains an abused person it's not a certainty but it's not it's also not out of the question and like no. to be honest having you explain as well like I, I can see either scenario and i like to think but but i, th- I side with sam because of what you see with how he treats his family Fuck with you, how guys. he treats his, no 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 but with how he treats his girlfriend he's conveying the same traits that his teacher was you know to oh, people that he deems at, on a lower yeah on a lower yeah. rung than him i just took that but, as um like um, this isn't to sort of argue with you but the way that i took that fair. was just more that this is a movie about like you know if it was a movie about lawyers if it's a movie about like the top law school people in the country like to get to be, you know, to even attend the top school for anything in any country, you kind of need to be like an ambitious cutthroat son of a bitch, like generally just to achieve that level. You need to be really clever and really lucky, but also like really fucking just like, um, you know, aggressive and mm-hmm. to do that. So I took that speech of like basically him saying that, like, you know, I, I want to be the best, you know? Yeah. But but Definitely. isn't isn't it um isn't it great though to be able to explore this like to to have to have in, to to have that interpretation of what 
was going on inside a character's head. And that is the other thing about these type of movies that we so rarely do because they're actually really difficult to make is that you're, th- you're sitting there going, hmm, I wonder what's going through his head. Like y- you get to decode. Oh, yeah, it's fascinating that we can argue about that. And I think, I don't think either of us is wrong. No, it's like, about interpretation. It's how you interpret these things. It's about interpretation. I just, lo- I love movies that allow you to do that, that allow you, that, that trust you and also add in a little bit of ambiguity about whether or not this is you know what's going on the other thing that i think is interesting is that this was um Giselle wrote this based on his own experience uh in i think it was either jazz school high school or, high school jazz band yeah, yeah like the, ver- the 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 how competitive it is between players and also i think there's a there was a conductor who um, who died in 2003, so he was long dead before he, you know, he gets a film made about him, who this was kind of based on. But what I found interesting is that it's so extreme, this behaviour, and, and the whole atmosphere and environment is extreme, but I found it believable. Like, it, it, it felt believable to me, and I wonder if that was the same you know reaction that you guys had um yeah believable in that people like this exist and i was saying about like these um situations being uh really competitive and we were talking about election earlier but like i think it's a similar similar thing especially in academia and in music and stuff and even in sport like you're saying about this movie could be the same movie if this guy was a high school it was a college quarterback you know it, it would be that it could be more or less the same movie because i think that like um that misguided sort of like shouty, aggressive, like I'm going to have to break you down and build you up and then Mm. force you to be the best by, you know, basically being an abusive piece of shit, throwing chairs at you and all all of this stuff. Um, It's just, it's just really prevalent in real life. So like the way that a lot of this, like everyone's got a good story in them and obviously Chazelle's made several movies, but this is like the movie, which was, their high school experience and so a lot of it comes from truth in that competitive environment and i bet that especially with the american like college system being what it is like stuff like this is incredibly competitive like they have competitive spelling bees which i bet are exactly as stressful and horrible as they make this look um and so i really do believe that like the attitudes of everyone in the movie and the different characters and even like tanner the 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 main drummer in the start of it like his treatment of neiman is like everyone's got a big ego everyone thinks they're the best everyone wants to win and like survive. that is drummed into them from the minute they start hey. doing this path <laughs> nice um so you- I, th- I think it's very believable sam because when you have that first like um when you have that first outbreak where he lobs the fucking chair at him and i'm sure there's like so many people who'd go oh if that was me if i was in that classroom i would have got up and like swung it back at him and the fact that this guy just took it, because that's that's exactly what you would what you would do. Like when when this guy is liter- literally the key to your future, he, he can has all the power right now. Literally, power. do you know what I mean? So by all means, you'll be you'll you'll want to get up and just and just absolutely like tiger uppercut this guy right under that fucking and, jaw. And as someone who's had, who has no interest in being a drummer, or you know, if if someone did that to me. When, when he's screaming in his face, like, yeah, you just fucking punch him in the face. 
that's what mm. you would do. You would just clock him and say, "Well, there we fucking go." Then you know, like, yeah, like you, you would react. But that's but, but that's because I don't give a shit if I get kicked out of drama school. <laughs> like fuck it, you know, it's like I don't know that you would though. What you probably do is be afraid, like this guy is. Yeah, someone threw yeah. a chair at me. In any situation, my first instinct would not be. I hate to just out myself as like a, you know, a, a, <laughs> yeah, a, like, a what just loser. What the fuck, but, like, My first instinct would not to be to like attack this guy. I would be like, "What the fuck is this lunatic Assess doing? What this is happened, not a safe yeah. environment." Yeah. And then I would be like, "But like you said, if you were then, but then this guy holds the key to your future. This is everything you want." You would just take it, and this is how abuse yeah. happens. Yes, is because this person is in a position. Teachers, especially, power. are in a unique position because they have all the fucking power. It's why there's yeah. all sorts of legislation and all sorts of rules. It's why this guy gets fired at the end of this movie. It's it's really because like this isn't okay, but nobody wants to say so because you are king shit in this conservatory mm. uh, studio band competition circuit. You are the fucking best. You your shit don't stink, right? We we. We, so they let you get away with it, as we, long as it's as long until it comes to the papers, until there's a lawyer threatening yeah. the school, you let them get away with it because you want this fucking guy because he is the best. And we talk about all the time in movies, don't we? We talk about the stakes, and this is like and until the until we get the reveal about the guy who killed himself. But really, this is this is in theory Standard. absolutely the lowest stakes possible because who gives a fuck about fucking the the. The north, the the, the east seaboard. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold next on. stop regionals. Yeah, exactly. The eastern seaboard junior uh, fucking college jazz circuit. Like, who gives a fuck? Who gives a? But because, because obviously, as you said, as as you're getting to, I think Dave, it matters to the people. It matters to yes. them. It yes. matters to us as an audience. And that again is just the fucking genius of this film of making well, me give a fuck about drumming. <laughs> We want to win. We want to win. We want to win the football trophy. We want to win the baseball game at the end of the season. We want to. We want to win the cheerleading Whatever competition. It, is. it doesn't matter. I'm one of the top three podcasters on this podcast, as I'm saying. <laughs> Dave and uh, the teacher share quite a lot of traits. A lot of abuse going on. Oh, yeah. Did you um, hear that? He's been corrupted. Yeah, he He's been poisoned. Fuck you, Sam. Your biggest fucking you know ambition is to sit on the couch, and then Sam goes. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I don't know. I, don't know what I, was Ross, I appreciate your defence. Problem is, that's absolutely true. <laughs> that's like completely true. If I could not do anything ever again, oh my god, he got to you, Sam. He got to you. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that that's the one thing. That's the magic bean of the movie. The movie has to convince you that this guy really fucking cares about mm. this, and he do. And the girlfriend scene is a huge part of that, where he has the whole like, babe. Eventually, you're going to say, stop being a drummer. And I'm not going to be stopping the drummer. So I guess it splits Bill for us. That's, I think that's how verbatim how the speech goes. Yeah, uh, I believe much. that's how the script is written. Did you think? Um, I thought that was maybe the... Welcome that was maybe to Drumsville. That was maybe a scene in the movie. Population, was, you. That was just a little bit too on the nose of like... I think I kind of wanted... Uh, I didn't want the scene in the in the diner maybe just show me what's happening rather than him literally yeah, maybe, describing maybe have her say maybe you should quit the band and maybe rather than him saying being a fucking total misogynist and saying listen babe girly girl you with all your women eventually parts, even though i'm fantastic eventually you're going to want me to to play less drums and spend more time with you however you ain't drums you know you ain't yeah. and uh, but like 
rather than having that speech, which I'm sure is in there literally just to maybe save like runtime. Maybe you could have a couple more scenes because the the girlfriend Nicole is is in about four scenes in this whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think it probably reflects the the limited nature of the budget and all that. It's basically yeah, just yeah. A, just a tiny little blemish of like it's a little bit coarse that scene. I just felt like the edges could a bit have been... heavy, a bit heavy handed, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, but the... so are we ready to talk about the ending of the film? Because we've 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 built to this point yes. now where we understand do we all... this guy. Just before we do, do we all agree that the J.K. Simmons character is this is leading to this is like quite an understandable villain as well? Yes, I know we've yeah. talked about understanding we... why Neiman's doing the things he's doing, but do we, we understand we... what J.K. Simmons? We never get wants? his. We never get his background. We, the, the only, we get a little bit of an insight where he's nice to the little girl, and you're like, ah, so you can be a human being. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. But we never really get why we never really get pushed. I don't. I'm not advocating for this to be in the film, but I don't like. Where's this come from? Is he just evil? Because if no, he's just I think evil, that's what the movie's saying with that scene with the little girl. I think the movie is saying that, like, yeah, he's an abusive piece of shit, and obviously this is really horrible. But like, he's still a person. I think that's what the movie's stressing is that he isn't yeah. a Bond villain. He's but not that's, evil. That's, what's, he's what's, doing this thing because he believes. Sorry, go on, Ross. An important distinction, though, is though is that he realizes that what he's doing is way over the line and way fucking horrible. Because like, say, so you have that thing, that scene the girl where he's a human, he's like, oh, you're going to come and join my band? Okay, high five. He knows that he's been an absolute piece of shit because if he didn't care about them, it was all about the power for him, he wouldn't have took <clears throat> he wouldn't have taken Neiman to, to, to a side and be like, oh, so what's going on? Learn about his parents. He learned about his parents. Maneuver that against him. He knows he's being a horrible cunt, but in his mind... It's all for the good to create one of the quote unquote greats. So, yeah, I understand him he, because it, but he it, believes he believes his own spiel. I think he thinks it works. He thinks that yeah, the system yes, works. He, yes, and that's what's that's the reason Ross that he's okay with knowing he's being a piece of shit because he thinks like everyone who is evil really does believe that they are doing things for the best. They really do believe. That the choices they're making and the things that they're mm -hmm. doing are the better things to be doing, and that I think is what the movie is trying to highlight is that apart from the petty revenge at the end, I say petty, this masterful revenge at the end, like this guy really does believe that by being a total fucking arsehole, he is this fantastic trainer. He's this fantastic, you know, he's the coach, the football coach. He's this fantastic coach because it turns out he is the, the, coach, the mighty ducks, the, the evil one. He is yeah. the best arsehole because. It, that is exactly a one-to-one, -one, like because he believes it works. So he believes that the ends justify the means, which is which is which is part of the whole yeah. That, which is part of the whole thing about abuses abusers, isn't it? It's like they don't ever think, hmm, maybe it's I'm maybe I'm being unreasonable because they are so wrapped brain up is, in is there. Fantastic. Am I in the wrong? No, no, that. that's crazy. Yeah, that couldn't possibly. No, no, no. It's yeah. the children who are wrong. It's it's. <laughs> And, and that and that again was where the film is like tying up so much. And it's it's in, it's embodying J.K. Simmons' character with so much in a way that I think is 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 really it's just so accomplished. Um, but the end of the movie, either I think you could argue both ways. Either I think it it reinforces the message. Of the rest of the film of 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 um of J.K. Simmons's character, which is that abuse works and it that's creates greats, or 
you could say it pulls its punch because it's scared. Now I'm gonna just I'm just gonna I'll set this up because I didn't articulate very well, but right at the end of the film, he's doing the drumming, he's taken over, he has the power on stage, right? He's <laughs> doing professional the... drum moves, <laughs> He's doing it. He... I mean, it's a fucking torturous two minutes because I fucking hate drum solos. I mean, good lord, enough, enough. <laughs> it's horrific. It's horrific. But anyway, the film's like into it. It's all, he's doing his great drum solo. He's having a good time. He's owning it. And then you, what happens is J.K. Simmons starts to realize what's going on. And, and, and he sees like, he sees how good Neiman is actually. He has actually fucking, and, and what I read it as is that J.K. Simmons sees that basically his abuse has worked mm. and that, at the end of the movie, he he's he's unlocked because of the horrible things, the way he acts, he's unlocked Neiman, who has finally done what he needs to do to be a great. And then and then uh, you guys can can uh, have you say a second. But the one of the very last shots of the movie is J.K. Simmons' eyes. You can't see his mouth, and he's obviously smiling and neiman is like feeding off the smile like the end of the movie for me is neiman going is is neiman getting the smile that he wanted the approval that he wanted mm. all along because he's sitting there he's going yes come on more more he's like hey you know and he's and he's saying i'm you know i'll count you in and they are working together and they're creating good music or whatever but to me it was like I just go back to the dad who sat, who, who, as soon as he saw what happened, ran backstage, was there yeah, with him, hugged him there. and say, it's okay, it's okay. And the kid doesn't want that. He doesn't want that father figure. He wants the abusive father figure because he smiles in the end. And that's what the entire fucking movie is about. It's about that smile, about Neiman going, there, that's what I want. And I, I, I don't know what I think about that. Like I think it probably works for the movie, but that feels like that feels like J.K. Simmons was right all along. Is what the the, the movie ends. Very with. jumbled. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I was I was going to describe it as a different. Way. For, for me, just to simplify it, it felt like it was glorifying this pattern of behaviour. Yeah, and and that and, and and like you said, some and, and that and, and and as Dave said, like that the ends justified the means because he they were able to, in the end to create, uh, you know, the twenty first century great drummer um and I, I keep going this is what i was telling you last night when i keep going back and forth are they glorifying it or are they sort of is the movie saying this is what it's like this is how much of a piece of shit this person is but they came through squeaky even clean. after all this even after yeah. he did he, he humiliated him on stage just seconds ago because mm. he smiled at him because they then that's yeah. that's how much power i i can't, I, I can't I decide i don't know I can't decide if they're putting a pretty bow on it or if it's like a through the looking glass, this is what it's like. And uh, I'm okay with not knowing. I'd no. love to know, but I'm okay with not knowing. That's genius. It's, That's fucking genius. It's quite discordant. I felt that the end was the messiest part of the movie, even more so than the, the breakup speech with the girlfriend. Um, because I think that the turn of... Because J.K. Simmons is acting his fucking ass off and uh, mm. Miles Teller as well is doing a good job. Um, the scene outside 
of the, the jazz club where he says, hey, just I need a guy. I need a guy who knows how to play the thing. Uh, take the weekend, think about it, no pressure. It's just like a total, like, obviously an abusive, manipulative move. But at the time, in the moment, you're like, oh, maybe this guy's all right now. He's, like, out of this, like... The high pressure. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe he's, like, breathe, and he's like, actually, maybe I don't want to be around all these fucking noxious kids like you think they're the next mm. big thing. Maybe I can just play fucking piano on stage and be cool like that. Um, the turn to then have the no music thing, and that it's almost the James Franco, like, like oh yeah spider-man 3 uh like it's a real and the line of like you think i fucking didn't know um you think i didn't fucking know it was you you little shit and and all of that i think is I'm JK fucking Simmons. exactly absolutely fucking perfect and is the the smile he's got when he's introducing the song as well and you can see him he almost starts to like laugh when he says the name of the song and you can see neiman be like and mm. all of that, I think, is phenomenally perfect. Even the when he storms off, goes off stage, even when he throws his coat off and comes back and starts playing, I was like, "What it is for me, discordant." The reason it's discordant is because I didn't really take it being like Neiman going back because he wants his abusive dad or whatever. What I took it as of like he goes back because he needs to prove something to his set himself that he can do it. Um, and I'm not, and it's a bit messy because they want the big drum solo at the end, which goes on for about three minutes too long. I should say, <sighs> it's so long. Um, and he introduces, oh, I'll count you in as such and such. What I really hated about it, and the reason it's discordant, is because there's no fucking way that J.K. Simmons pats himself on the back and says, "This is my doing." In that moment, I think that he could maybe convince himself after the fact, but in the moment he starts conducting, he's like, "Oh, my beautiful boy, you're such an amazing drummer." <laughs> Sidebar, like he literally is in front of him, like, oh, yes, yes, I'm a yes. Beautiful boy. But uh, yeah. what I'm saying is the reason it's discordant is because why would you? You've brought this kid here to literally, like, it's a Bond villain esque scheme to destroy his future. Like, that's what you brought him here to do is to wreck his entire future in professional drum, you know, um, like orchestral drum, drum playing. And then he plays some, some really nice bits on the drum, and suddenly you're like, floating on air with all the music tones and you're like totally taken in by a drum solo and it's like the one where the magic beam breaks down of like actually drumming isn't that great by itself um and it's just a bit and i don't know what the message of the end of the movie is i don't necessarily disagree with you guys but i don't know what the message is about like you know the dynamic of this like you know horrible uh abusive relationship that the two of them have see i think when you um when you said that he wants to come on stage to prove himself that he can do it, that's what I thought was going to happen. And I thought what he would do is go on stage and he would take the power back on stage in mm. front of everyone and say, no, this is mine. I control this situation. I'm not going to let you control this situation. And he does And he does that. It is a total fuck you 45-minute drum solo that just goes on forever. And it's horrible. Four hours long, I think. And then... The problem is after that point, it's the smile. It's the last. It's the last kicker of the movie because he is. He does. He is owning it. And then all of a sudden, they're collaborators and they work together to deliver this magnificent, awful drum solo. And it's like, so, <laughs> I really wish it was like a fucking saxophone player or something. Anyway, anything to not have to listen to this, but. 
And so, but I, 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 so, but again, I don't think any of us are wrong. I think it's about interpretation. I think, I think it's a, I think it, I'd love to have a chat with the director, um, Giselle, <laughs> just, just for 30 seconds to say, did you mean for us to not get it? Like we are supposed to go yeah. away with different ideas and go, is that right? Because is in it... my, in my heart, in my heart, what I wanted was for him to, yeah, come back on stage to do a drum solo. And then just to throw a fucking stick at him. Middle finger. Yeah. Walk off and give his dad a hug and say, Let's go. I'm home. done. It's it's over. Like that's what that's yeah. that's the nice Disney ending that's all tied in a bow and it's lovely. Yeah. And we get to have that conclusion. And the film is like, I'm gonna give you half of it. And also he still wants the respect of this abusive piece of shit. And that is I think great that's great to leave you i think that actually we're maybe even overthinking it i think the actual message the movie's trying to say in this end scene is much simpler and like i literally think it's that um jk simmons is so impressed by his drumming that he is just caught up in the moment of conducting this amazing drummer i think that's literally what the movie is trying to um like telegraph to you is that this guy's come and had his like nah i know you're shaking your heads and frowning at me but i I think that we're reading into it because I think it's a really like cleverly and lovingly made movie. But I really do think that like that is that is what the movie is saying, and that the most simple explanation of what is happening in this scene is that. So it's probably that from a screenplay point of view. I disagree. I mean, first of all, like J.K. Simmons' character, his ego wouldn't allow himself to be so overwhelmingly impressed by someone who dicked him over. Like so. Yeah, sort of like you know. So why is he? Why is he maybe, maybe, maybe sort of like you know, warming to him to a degree where it's like, okay, now you're doing something here. But to be overly impressed to go, oh wow, he's doing it. That's my boy. I don't. I don't think his his arrogance would let him get there. I think what he's impressed by, he's impressed by the fact that he that um, Neiman matched his power. Like that, that it, mm. it goes back to that theme. It goes back to that he took control, he took power, and he did a forty-five minute oh, drum fuck. solo. The solo gets longer every time you guys. This eight-hour drum solo, and he what? He's not even impressed by the drums because he's a, because he's a fucking psychopath. He's impressed mm. by the power, by by taking control mm. of the situation and saying, "Actually, no, I'm going to do this." The problem is, is that the movie's like so really. It's about the power. It's not about the drumming. It's not about the artistic. It's about that's what even Neiman's getting off on is actually having. I, I get what you're saying from a literal point of view, Dave. I think, I but but this <laughs> from is, a literal point of view. No, but that that's that's what the film shows. But what I would I would be incredibly disappointed if I had my thirty second lift conversation with Damon Chazelle and he went, "Yeah, I didn't really think about it." I'd be like, "Oh, well. no, no." I think I think they thought about it. But I think that. What I'm saying is I don't think this is like a... I think that the abusive relationship between them is very, very present throughout this movie, but I just don't know that it's as intentional as we're interpreting it as. And I don't mean that in that that way. What I mean is that the turn at the very end where he starts conducting him and the smile and things, like, what possible explanation for that? That can't be J.K. Simmons smiling because he's got this guy in his power, because he hasn't. This guy has come on stage and rubbed your face in shit. Like the only it's, possible no, reason he's Neiman. smiling and happy is because 
like he's absorbed in the music or he thinks this guy really is a great drummer. It's about you still look like shit because this drummer's come on stage in front of thousands of people. You're the professionals, the top top of your profession, and embarrassed you because he's counted the the orchestra in and you're sat there fucking with your dick in your hand. That final scene, that final scene isn't about um, J.K. Simmons, is it? We're we're mixing up the names and actors as usual, but it's not about it's not about um, (laughs) J.K. Simmons. It's about Neiman. The the smile is about it's for and about Neiman. It's it's him. It's his moment. And the question is whether or not he's he's like that. The smile is gratifying for him. I I think whatever J.K. Simmons is thinking about, he is probably just caught up in the music, and that's fine. But what it means is that he respects. Neiman's playing and he respects and that he respects the fact that he fucking did this 49 hour drum solo and took over and almost you know tried to humiliate him like I, so so it's it's Once more again, about like, I can't say that's how I interpreted it yeah, I don't it's think we're going to come to come down on an agreement here I really don't no that's great but, but, but he, like that's great. either or is completely you know uh, <clears throat> tenable you know what, what a rare thing Either is possible. Yeah. What a rare thing to finish yeah. a movie and th- and three of us come away with with you know different ideas and mm. and that is where I think just the you know the absolute craft of this movie the absolute yes yes absolute precision fucking filmmaking on a three million dollar budget to encapsulate to 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 give us a whole world of drumming that I give no no shits about up until this point. Well, you can see where the, all the money went and there was what one car wreck and yeah, all yeah, of well, all of the people playing instruments in this are just musicians <laughs> paid paid very little. But but, but to to to, to in- introduce us to this world to also then bring, you know, two very very interesting characters together to take us on a journey with proper arcs, with proper well, you know, we 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 watch movies with ten or twenty times this fucking uh, budget, th- this budget, yeah. and we we go nowhere near the level of storytelling that this film manages to achieve yeah. with three million dollars. And that's Absolutely. just like, well, as a general as a, a, as a rule, you can sometimes do having no money forces you to not have any special effects. Forces you to not have any stars. Forces you to not have like elaborate set pieces and car chases. So it forces you to. You've then got to make your movie um, engaging in another way, which is where you write all these conversations and all of this uh, rhetoric and all of this like uh, nuance and the psychosis of every character in this movie, uh, and you write all that in um, and basically just have more scenes of, of J.K. Simmons um, like saying some of the most obscene things you can possibly imagine to these poor kids, um, which is... This is a stressful watch. I really, really enjoyed this film. And I think in it, like we were talking in the um, year recap, but like in a way I wasn't expecting to like it. Like I was expecting it to be... That's, that's the wrong way, Ross. But like if you told me that... If you'd said, oh, this is a... This is a like a frantic, stressful, edge of your seat movie, uh, starring three people, um, and it's about like uh, classic instrumental drumming. And I'd have been like, Ross, <laughs> Ross is recommending this. You know what? I'm getting a fucking raw deal here. I recommended Color of Money. Boom! Fucking imaginary podcast. Six thumbs up. Ross, you are, you are <laughs> killing it lately. You really are. 
but you have also dug yourself a really deep hole what the the amount that you defended scary movie <laughs> like so we're still paying some of that back buddy <laughs> I just think but keep them coming keep them coming because this was a surprising this was very good watch. one one um, one one was... very final thought and we can finish is like this is such a male movie it's mad the fact that there are no women oh, in the orchestra in the orchestra in the in the band is like it it totally makes sense and i think it's oh. representing I think it's representing probably what a macho culture and all the homophobia from J.K. Simmons. But I was like, do you remember? Do you remember not... that scene where he was in the, you know, the sort of like the junior orchestra, and he was basically like listening to people like to pick them out, and he's like, um, and he points at a girl who's in like the first chair for an oboe, or whatever. He goes, "Oh, your first chair." She says, plays well, half a note. Yeah, like, let, let's yeah. let's see if it's because of your talent or because of your looks. And like he says, "I'm um, half note." Ah, okay. <laughs> Looks next, and then I'm like, oh my god! There are I, I I correct me if I'm wrong. There's exactly one named woman in this movie, and it's his girlfriend. Yeah, um, I don't think this passes a Bechdel test whatsoever. But no, because there's only one named woman in the whole movie. Maybe maybe the the woman who did the lawyer, but I don't know if she's named. But I think it's probably again there. intentional. To, to represent the matronness of of this world and J.K. Simmons is his yeah I don't think is the wrong word toxicity toxicity I don't think it necessarily is representative of because it's a because it's a universe movie which is a really conf- we're gonna have to sh- workshop that title section. it's a really conf- <laughs> a bottle verse thing um, because it's like, a bottle verse I like, I like that uh, because it's a bottle verse I love it like it's it's painting a picture of this like this this exclusive society so the fact that it's all men and mostly white men like that's less about because this movie didn't want to hire diverse actors to cast you know it's not a marvel movie with made up people in made up places this is trying to like paint the picture of like and for the same reason if this was a movie about the skull and bones at yale like it would also be white men do you know why because in reality it's all white men and that's that's the story you're telling And maybe, uh, maybe just adding give us this movie a pass because no, no, maybe could have cast another woman here. Maybe adding a woman in, into the main band and, and that she, how does she react to that? But then you again, you'd have to. I don't think maybe I don't ever want to the main story. Well, I don't ever want to say like, oh, well, you'd have to have a woman's fucking arc in it. I'm not. I'm just saying that. I just think it's interesting <laughs> to note, but it's but it's not. Yeah, there's just there's there's not much more to say beyond that. that I don't think because the film is not really. Go in there. Yeah, maybe it should. It's kind of like if you it accused a movie about an American football team of not having enough women in it. Like, if the movie is about a male sports team, like yeah. there's kind of a justification for it mostly being a male movie. Because let's make mostly... let's make movies. And that isn't that to say that isn't to say that exclusively yeah. male little enclaves that we have in society are good or fine, but it's just to reflect that that is how they are. Um, and it, it also would have got really you're, mean. You've covered your bases there, boys. Well That's done. It. Well done. That's it. Neither of you are sexist. We've kept it going. So I think this is a five-star movie from me. I cracking movie. Would... I'm really surprised it didn't win the best picture. Best picture that year. Best bitch of the year. <laughs> best bitch of the year. Goes to J.K. Simmons. You bitch. There goes your fucking uh, misogyny. <laughs> cred. Best picture. Picture. Twenty minutes to try to defend yourself, Dave, and then you just blew it all away with that horrible gendered insult. <laughs> Christ! Or he could have meant it as a sassy person term, <laughs> like this bitch knows how to podcast. 
Ross is just dragging himself down in the gutter as well. <laughs> Move over, Div. <laughs> right, the best picture of that year was uh, Birdman. Oh. Which is the... I, it's all right. I think this is a better movie than that, though. Um, right. I think, uh, this is an indie movie. This isn't going to win. This isn't... You know, this level of, like, isn't going to win. Save that for La La Land. I don't know. The same director swept the Oscars with La La Land. So I don't, yeah. I'm not saying that... Obviously, that's not an indie movie, but I do think that Ryan movies like this do sometimes win win the best picture. And I just think that you know, yeah, this Birdman is maybe like best director feels right, it's as good it? as this. Best director feels right. Like that's yeah, that's a fair. Great, it was nominated. So yeah. all in all, six thumbs up from Imaginary Movie Podcast. Yeah. You're welcome, lad. <laughs> well, Jesus, I was just Christ. counting. I was like, yep, that's right, six, six. We are smart men. I do appreciate your shit-eatingness when it comes to when you occasionally recommend a good movie, um, but I think we're going to have to. We're going to have to. What we're going to have to do, I think, is set up some kind of spreadsheet so we can really drill down into the films that Ross recommends. That's fine, as long hold as on, we started from the start of twenty twenty-three. No, hold on. We're also going to have a column. Does does Ross recommend the film? Yes. Does Ross turn up to fucking record? The episode about it. What is, what is this? What is this? I've got your HR file, Ross, this? that you remember from the WhatsApp chat. I've got it right there. If, if this, if, this is the abuse I'm talking about. <laughs> no, it's like a list of crimes, Ross. There Somebody are people looking for you. <laughs> Where in the world is Ross Griffith? Not recording a podcast about crap. Anyway, we'll be back next week with. I would be amazed if we do a movie next week that's as good as this movie. Um, no, which I think I, is the best, best so. I want to do something light and just it's not going to fucking kill us. So maybe, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So Some, let's get out of here before I fucking destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> What's he say? I'm going to rip out your eyes and piss in the holes or something. Is that something J.K. Simmons says in this movie? That's just you. I think he. I think he literally does. Or is that something that Ross said to me? It's that's Dave's uh, Tinder bio. <laughs>